Hi, I'm Margie, and welcome to the Desert Island Dishes podcast. This is the podcast where every week I ask my guests to choose their seven Desert Island dishes. These range from finding out about the dish that most reminds them of their childhood, the best dish they've ever eaten, and of course, the last dish they would choose to eat before being cast off to the desert island. If you're listening and you haven't yet left a review, please do. It only takes a few seconds, and I know I'm always banging on about it, but genuinely, it's very much appreciated, and I read them all. So last week, I went to Aya Canta, the reasonably new Mexican restaurant on Hyde Park Corner in London, brought to us by the very charismatic Marta. I have to say, I've never been more envious of an accent. Marta's got the most amazing voice, which I hope you'll enjoy listening to. She also has a very romantic way with words and describing food, which I think is really fun. And I learned loads in this one from how to make the perfect ceviche, what makes mole so special, and what Frida Kahlo really means to Mexico. There's all sorts in here, so settle down, relax, and enjoy. My guest today is Marta Ortiz. Marta is a chef and cookbook author who is famous for her imaginative approach to food and her historical research into Mexican food traditions. Having written eight cookbooks, she is passionate about food that shows Mexico's spirit and sense of identity. She recently opened her restaurant, Aya Canta, in London after the success of her restaurant in Mexico City, which is regularly listed in Latin America's top 50 restaurants. It really comes as no surprise that Marta is one of Mexico's most famous celebrity chefs and has a starring role on Top Chef Mexico when she says such brilliant things as, Chile is like a lover. You really need to feel its presence. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Welcome, Marta. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Very happy to have you on Desert Island Dishes. I think there's a real belief still in the UK that hopefully is getting dispelled. But I think people tend to think Mexican food is really just burritos and guacamole and more like what we would think of as Tex-Mex. That couldn't be further from the amazing food that you cook. So how would you define true Mexican food? Think of Frida Kahlo mm. right now. <laughs> think yes. of the sophisticated Mexican lady with this beauty by herself with this big personality, with all the historical traditions, making herself up. Now you will have it in the DNA. So Mexico can be as sophisticated as a woman's Frida. We have big historical traditions. Imagine our pre-Hispanic heritage with all these cultures like no Latin America country. And at the same time, when the Spanish came in, they built this kind of I think fusion food. Yes. And I think it's fantastic. The result is fantastic. You try a mole, you're trying 50 ingredients in your mouth. 50? 50. Wow. Imagine. So when you feel it, I think it's, you know, you, you go to ecstasies. You know, yeah. Because it's so much and so powerful and so delicious that you cannot define it. It's sweet. It's sour. It's spicy. But at the same time, it melts. It has this texture. It's so sensual food. It's, it's so much more than just about the food, isn't it? It's of the, course. the whole experience. The whole experience and the historical heritage and the beautiful contrast colors. Mexican food has this contrast. 
you eat a black mole with a red rice and a blue plate. So you go through this beautiful experience. And I think in a city like this one, that will be amazing. You're very open to other cultures. And I think Mexico is great. God, I could listen to you talk all day. Yeah. Let's talk about the first desert island dish. And that's the dish that most reminds you of your childhood. When I was a little girl, my mother, it is very often in Mexico that you need to help your mother, you okay. know, to make dinners. <laughs> and at the beginning, I hated because I wasn't invited and I want to talk with people, you know, just think about this mole, but I was just in the kitchen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what reminds me more than a dish, all the help that I have to do, you know, chop, clean, put the table, everything that it was, you know, like... Uh, all the boring bits. <laughs> all the boring. And what I, I really remember with, with, with happiness and joy is when I have to set the tables. I love to set different tables. You know, I put the sculptures and then I put just the petals of the flowers and people love it. And my mother, you know, she was more confident with me and, and, and leave me, you know, yeah. doing it. It's a really good lesson to learn early on that people do eat with their eyes and the whole course, experience. The whole so. experience. So when, when I think in a dish, more than a dish, I think at that moment. And I was very blessed because to my home, they came the most intelligent people of that time, you know, Nobel Prizes. So I, I always have that curiosity and I say, I will read the book of the man who's seated just right there. <laughs> and... It was a beautiful, I, I, I really start to believe what I believe right now, that food can put together people, even for a good discussion Definitely. and learning things. Definitely. You knew what you wanted from a really young age, reading about you. You had such an insight into life that you decided very early on as a child that you didn't want to have children and that you would, you would just focus on your career. And you sound like such a ma mature child. <laughs> Do you think so? Yeah, I think so. I, I have, I, I make the decision because of me or, or because of my, I, I always love artists. I, I married very young the first time yeah. with, a, with a painter, a very famous painter. And we decided not to have children. We say we're going to have dishes and we're going to have paintings. <laughs> Amazing. And, and as you say, in a way, your restaurants have become your children. Yes, like of that. course. Right. I love them so much. And sometimes, you know, like children, you have to put limits. Yes. To grow them very well. <laughs> and, and they go through stages where maybe course. they're a bit annoying. Of course. But... But I'm very happy with the decision I make. You know, I, I think now in this moment, women like me or whatever, they can make decisions in their life. They can be mothers if they want. They cannot be mothers. They can be medical doctors. They can be presidents. Yes. They can be housewife, whatever they choose. Yeah. But with a taste of liberty. Yes. Yes. The choice that's so yes. important, the yes. ability to choose yes, doesn't matter course. what the choice yes. is. That's liberty, like in the kitchen. Yes. <laughs> the second desert island dish. What is the first dish that you learned to cook? Mole with my mother, you Ooh. know, the mole was the most important things for the big feast. Okay. And so, is, is that something where each family will have their own way? Yes. Of making of, it? Yes. To making it. And so what, what's the secret? It, it was a secret. A lot of work. Okay. You, know, you have to. <laughs> That's not what we want to hear. No, but, but what it was beautiful 
that I learned that mole has all these stages, this process. You have to clean the dry chiles and take the seeds out and the veins. And you toast it apart from the beautiful skin of the dry chiles. So when I start seeing the smell of the burnt chiles, that it was different from the smell of the burnt seeds and then of the burnt spices, I feel it was like a witchcraft that you put everything together and all the smoke and the fire. And I was playing with myself and saying, I'm the empress of the fire, you know. <laughs> and I make stories about the empress of the fire, that she was the owner of the red color. Amazing. So you were pretty creative. <laughs> yeah, always, always big imagination, yes. like my father said. <laughs> I, I said, you imagine, I am the owner of the red. You started cooking as a child and after university, you traveled around Mexico studying local techniques. Yes. After working for various restaurants in New York, in the early noughties, you opened your first restaurant. Yes. The Eagle and Sun. Aguila y Sol. I wasn't even going to attempt to say that. <laughs> but what was the experience like of opening that first restaurant? For me, it was a matter of trust, a matter of dignity, yeah. a matter of taking my ideas because Mexican food was not on trend and people used to say to me, Marta, be careful. People eat Mexican food just in their homes or make something more simple. But I decided to make a beautiful restaurant with the sun. You know, I, I, I work with a, an opera designer. Mm. So we make this drama coming from the sun of Mexico. Amazing. And all the color was jade, this kind of, you know, like the, the jade, very, very particular jade. And I was inspired by the eyes of the jaywars that have this green and they put it through, you know, all the restaurant. And I feel so proud because I was remember that moment when food it's part of our identity. It's powerful and put people together. Did you always grow up thinking that you would own your own business? Of course. Yeah, every, of course. <laughs> never of in course. doubt. No, never in doubt. <laughs> but are you uh, good at working for other people? No, I decide <laughs> to maybe. You know, sometimes when you work to other people, I think it's it's wonderful. But in my case, I decided to make it maybe smaller by myself because I have an idea. And I always been like that. Maybe I make mistakes, like what I learn from them. Yeah. And I think that's part of the recipe of life. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. You cook, maybe yes. it's not so good and you have to redo it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And what's the worst that yes. can happen? In 2011, you went on to open the critically acclaimed Dulce Patria, yeah. <laughs> Sweet Homeland. What lessons were you able to bring from your first restaurant to really help with the success of that second one? You know the real story of Aguilé Sol, no? Mm, tell me. No. It was a very successful restaurant. I decided to change the location because I think that a Mexican brand has to be in the best place. Yeah. And I worked and worked and worked and worked. I talked with this very glorious Mexican architect, Ricardo Legorreta. He helped me with the colors. He helped me to put the dishes together and make a menu like in a gallery. 
for collectors of flavors. I say they're wow. not my clients. They're the collectors of flavors. That's the best saying I've ever heard. <laughs> yes. So my collectors, they were very happy in this new space. And then the government told me that I need one more parking space. I used to have 90. Mm. They asked me for 91 and they shut the <gasps> restaurant down. Oh my goodness. So it was very successful. But I learned a lot. I learned a lot in that moment that I was a woman, mm. that I was alone in a very men-driven country, yeah. that it was a lot of success. And I remember that I cried for three days oh, no. because I lose, you know, everything. But I learned something as a recipe of life. I have a very close friend who is a very influential political writer in Mexico the most intelligent woman, I think so. And I was crying and crying and crying and crying with my recipe. And she came to my house and asked me, why are you crying, Marta? And I say, I lose everything. And she told me, you haven't lost anything. You have it in your heart. So let's do it again. Yes. That's our story as a woman now. In That's Mexico. amazing. So you took that experience, used it as a yes. fire to build That's the That's why one. the name is Dulce Patria. I love it. Yeah, that's why the name. I, 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 I really think that my country was bigger than my government in that moment. So that's... Dulce Patria means sweet. What I, it's, it's a hope. And I always believe like a country of Mexico is hungry of beauty and thirsty of justice. It's amazing. The third desert island dish. <laughs> what is the best dish you've ever eaten? Oh, really? I adore it. I remember that I was a little girl. My grandfather was from Oaxaca. We didn't have this close relation with him. And I remember going to his home and I have this just wonderful tortilla. Day I tried this black dish. It was so powerful. It tastes like, like the night. Mm. I say, wow, things can taste as infinite as the night. Wow. Do you remember how old you were? Like seven. <gasps> like seven. Really young. And I was so happy. I love him in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love him forever. Even if he's in heaven, I will always thank him for this beautiful taste yeah. of the night. The best present he could ever have given you. Of course. You are a famous feminist and you are in a profession that can be quite macho and, and really quite male. How important is it to you to be that part of your career is inspiring the next generation of women and really helping to break that glass ceiling. That's my mission. Yeah. I say the caramel selling. Yes. In my own words. Is that what you call yes, it? Yes, because I work with caramel. Okay. So I say <laughs> the caramel selling. I think we have this mission, not, not just as cooks. In my generation, we have to open the doors for yeah. the new generation of women. They need to learn that they can do their of their lives a master recipe of what they want i have little niece and when they come and said pia you know like we say it in mexico i would love to be a medical doctor i say go for it it's not i want to be a mother and have 10 childs you know in the latin thing yeah one wants to be a doctor, the other one wants to be a lawyer, the other one wants to be an engineer, the other ones want oh. to make philosophy and literature. So I say, 
go for it, my loves. You should do it. Yeah, that's incredible. Do, does it feel like attitudes are changing and that women of are? Of course, yeah. because my mother, she's a fantastic woman, but she always told me when I divorce, remarry it again, don't be alone. Oh, you really? know, that's kind of thing. <laughs> See, mother, you're an artist. But it's different. Yeah. It's a, different. A the different value time. is different yeah. in Latin America, of course. And I think you're so right. You you can't be what you can't see. So it's so important to have yes. these role models. Yes. And I think we need to to make these motivations. I'm making a book that the name is Maria, like my dessert. Yes. I have this famous dessert that I said that Maria is a modern woman. She huh. changed every month. Oh, right. So she has a story. Okay. So Maria can be in the flower shop, in the library. She can be a candidate. She can be in Midland, you know, the land of the dead and return with a victory, you know, through life. And I'm making a book that it's called Maria Recipes for Women with Greatness. Oh, wow. I love that. And, and what I'm trying to say is with the technique of cooking, what I have learned, because sometimes I'm in Mexico in the supermarket and a lot of women come with me and say, Marta, how do you handle to lose your child? like Aguilé Sol. Mm. So I want to make it in a positive way, but I have learned in that moment, what I have learned to show to other women. And I think that we all women as cooks, we can bring different things, very important things to food. I believe that we can be very generous. We can be very mentoring and we can add beauty and sensuality through food. Definitely. And and what is the the food scene in Mexico like? Are you one of the only women or is it? No, you look no, no. People, and... people, I have great colleagues in Mexico and a new generation that it is starting. And I'm so happy because they say, I want to be with you. I love to tell stories and they are doing their own ways. And I say, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's so exciting. Yes, of course. What an achievement. The fourth desert island dish is your favorite sandwich. I don't eat sandwiches. I okay. eat tortas. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mexican kind of sandwich yeah, with, 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 yeah, with, with bolillo. I adore it with beans. There is something that they put beans in Mexico. Then avocado. Mm. I adore the avocado. You know, just delicious, delicious, delicious. Then we make it with pork, with, with, like, like kind of pork mm. with adobo. Then chile, chipotle, more beans. They put it on the delicious, 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 delicious toasted like um like a plancha. Okay. And when they finish and gave it to you, you you can put it more, you know, little red onion, more chile, salsa, cream, cheese, and you say, this is the best bite of a street food that I can never have. Yeah, that sounds like a very worthy alternative of to course. a sandwich. <laughs> and is that the kind of thing that you can just get as street food and almost it's better that way? It's better that way. I adore it. Or very small restaurants, not very good tour, not, but I adore it. Yeah. Even the talk with the people of the tortas, I adore to talk with them. Do you, do you remember where you've had your best one? Um, maybe. I think always the best is the last that I ate, yes. like two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. I was very hungry and very happy. And I say, hmm, let's try it. <laughs> That's a very good yes. answer. Tell us, I'm curious, what would be your desert island ingredients, the sort of ingredients that you just couldn't live without? 
passion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the best sazoning in life. Yeah. The best, the best. I adore the Mexican chiles, to yes. tell you the truth. I, as I was telling you, I think they are like lovers. You feel it when they are very good. They stay like a memory. And you feel it so deep that they say, it's the best. <laughs> so, and it's so male thing. It's so, you know. Yeah. I say it's so interesting. So I couldn't live without passion and the right chiles from Mexico. Well, that's interesting because I wondered about the produce that you're able to get in London because we presumably have way less. Yes, a lot of things are coming from Mexico. I think day by day, people is more interested in Mexican ingredients. Yeah. And what we are trying to do in Ayacanta is this kind of education. We have a menu, a beautiful menu of of the cocktails that they are the Mexico gift to the world. Okay. People doesn't know that amaranth comes from Mexico, avocado comes from Mexico, cacao, imagine. Mm. Imagine Europe without cacao. Yeah, that's so true. Tomatoes, imagine the Italians without the tomatoes. So Mexico has given to the world, I think, these jewels, these fantastic jewels. Yeah, which, yeah, you're right. It's sort of not necessarily known for that, is it? Yes. But actually... It's true. Yeah. Historical truth. Mm. So when you think in Mexico, you can think in a crown of delicious thing. I wanted to talk about the menu. So you have amazing things. Like I wanted to read some of them out. You've got a vampire ceviche. Yes. You've got guacamole with ricotta, pomegranate, and gold grasshopper. Yes. Talk to me about the gold grasshopper. I think like the grasshoppers are so beautiful that they can be jeweled. You okay. Know? So I painted in, 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 with mezcal with edible gold. Yeah. And I think you can make even a necklace. If you want, you can eat it. So it, or, it's an actual grasshopper. It's an, yes. Okay. And so you dry it. You dry it. Yeah. And in Mexico, it's part of the culture. And if you are, I've been reading a lot that insects will be the next thing to yes. eat. I keep hearing so that. So Mexico, <laughs> imagine another gift to the world because we, we eat a lot of insects. Hormigas chicatanas, gusanos de maguey, all these worms from the maguey. Okay. All these beautiful insects with a lot, a lot of flavor. And how do you normally eat the insects? Are they, are they usually dried or They dry or we put it on the comal, just a little toast. Okay. We can make it in salsas. We can make a salt. We can eat it like that with a tortilla. I think they're delicious. Mm. And it's exotic and fantastic. Yeah, no, you're so right. I think that is going to be the next big thing, isn't of it? It's course. going to be all about insects. All about insects. <laughs> <laughs> um, the fifth desert island dish, what is the dish you eat the most often? Black mole. Okay. So when, you know, <laughs> what? I, when I go here. away, when I go away, I, I go running to Dulce Patria. I put a peltre spoon, these blue spoons in Mexico that I feel it's like the skies, you know, with the little stars. So... I take the sky in my mouth and eat this flavor of the night. And I say, I'm Mexican and I'm proudly Mexican. This is the most powerful taste of everything. And this must be the blood of the heroines. That's amazing because actually having had that as your answer to quite a few of the questions, it shows that mole is, it's, a com it's such a comfort, isn't it? It's yeah, sort yeah. of... Yeah. It's complex, mm. but it's delicious. Mm. And mole means salsa. In Mexico, we have a lot of moles. In Oaxaca, we have like seven. Okay. And every state changes. 
What I adore about the black mole is this chile that we call chilhuacle negro that gives this powerful flavor very like cacao. Yeah. But at the same time, it tastes very smoky, like the, maybe the flavor of the earth. If you try the earth, maybe it would yeah. be like that. <laughs> but in a good way. <laughs> in a good way, of course, because everything has a flavor in life and we don't know. When I was a little girl, I tried the rain and it was a little bit salty. Yes. And I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Even Mexico, it was salty. And I say, mm, let's try a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> I read a quote from you that I'm going to read out. You said, someone asked me what I want at the end of my life. And I said, I want a restaurant. I want a beautiful house in Mexico. And I want just one table. And I will choose who's going to have dinner with me. Film directors, writers, the list goes on. So I wanted to know who would be your dream dinner party guests. A lot. Some are, some are there. <laughs> That's <laughs> fine. Yeah. But I would love to talk with Virginia Woolf. Imagine. Oh, yes. I think oh, she has this view mm. of our own room. She was a feminist, an intelligent feminist. Yeah. And I would adore to talk with her. Yes. Sor Juan Inés de la Cruz, you know, this yes. wonderful woman of Mexico that she was a nun, but she writes beautifully and our Nobel Prize Octavio Paz always said is the most intelligent Mexican has ever grown and she was a woman and she was a nun so she was a nun because she loved to read and it was the only way so you can be educated oh right so, but I would love to be with the Mexican directors right now yeah I love Guillermo del Toro I love the shape of water <gasps> yeah. I think it's so a beautiful movie. I love the, I love the view. I love all the aesthetics that you have on your eyes, all this green color, and then the red shoes of this beautiful woman, the princess without a voice. I think that's so sophisticated. Yeah, yeah you're so right. The color, the, the green. Mm. I think, and and then the red. You know, I I think it was a fantastic. And beautifully, beautifully aesthetic movie. Yeah. Well, this is sounding like a dream dinner party. Yes. That, yeah. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> that sounds of amazing. Of course, I would love Milan Kundera. I have a big list. You know. <laughs> Even Trump to say, I'm not, I don't like your politics through Mexicans. Yes. I will do it. Yeah. Crikey, can you imagine? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> of course. But I will, yes, I will I, give him a lot of chile, but you know, powerful CSA. <laughs> No more. <laughs> I feel no like, more walls, no more nothing. I feel like you're the woman for the job. Maybe we should try and make this happen. Yes, Get of you course. and Trump together at a dinner party. <laughs> of course. That brings us on very nicely to the sixth desert island dish, because that is your go-to dinner party dish. I will make a ceviche. I Ooh. love the Mexican ceviche. I think these very fresh ingredients mix it like we do it in Mexico with fruits with citrus, with sauces, mm. the contrast of the colors. I adore ceviche. So would that be with fruits? It would be mango? Mango. Like avocado? The, no, I, no, like the vampire ceviche. I will do okay. fish. Yes. I will do sangrita. Mm. We'll do a little chile coriander. But I adore the coriander. Mango. Are there any particular fishes that work the best? Yeah, yes. It has to be a white fish, mm -hmm. but it has to be strong enough. So you can chew it, but not soft enough that you don't feel the texture. Okay. In Mexico, we have a lot, like esmedregal, all these white fishes, 
that they are very tasteful. Yeah. They are firm, but they are tender at the same time. What kind of fish are you using at the restaurant in London? Uh, we're, we're using sea bass. Sea bass. That we, we like very much. The yeah. Sea bass. It's very good. And is there, is there a trick when you're making ceviche to the, the time that it's marinating? Is of that course, very important? Uh, yes. I put a very small time. Okay. Because if not, it gets real cooked and horrible. Yeah. So we do it and not just lemon juice. I love to use orange, mm. mandarin, tangerines, all the citrus. And I put it, depends on the fish. You have to cut it the same size because sometimes you do a big one and a small one. Yeah. <laughs> you never get control yeah. <laughs> of it. So, so we, we leave it through 10 to 20 minutes. No more. Okay. No more. No. So actually, that does make a great dinner party dish, of doesn't course. it? Yeah, I will do it quickly. I feel like that's a bit too delicious to give Trump. If I get good things for Mexico, that will be it'll be worth it. Yes, yeah, it will true. be worth it. And this summer, you're partnering with the um, V&A and their incredible-looking Frida Kahlo exhibition, which is very exciting. And you, I believe, were actually there when they discovered the collection. I, I, I'm very close friend of Guillermo Kahlo. His grandniece, mm -hmm. he's a great photographer. He makes my best photos of food. Oh, right. And he's a fantastic artist. And he asked me a favor one and say, can you come with me and help me? And I help him to make a wonderful and beautiful photography mm -hmm. about these skirts that Frida owned. And we were, I was afraid, you know, because I say, this is so precious. But Guillermo is, the, of course, the best to open his, yeah. his grannies. Yeah. He has, he's a photographer. And his father, who was uh, the, the niece of, of Frida, the son of Cristina Kahlo, the sister. Okay, yeah. The lover. Of, yeah. <laughs> remember the story. <laughs> the lover of the husband. Died very young. So Guillermo died in his 40s of a, a thyroid problem, but... Um, Guillermo has this, I think, kind of education through art, kind of education of having that as heritage. So imagine, and, and he has a different view about Frida. He hates, as I hate, Frida in the matches, Frida in this kind of things without an arty approach. Okay. She's become, you know, like a commercial thing. Mm. She was more than that. She was a very intelligent woman with very important social thinking. Very important. Um, she was a communist, remember? And she lived through that. And I think that's very interesting. Mm. Because when you think in freedom, maybe you think in this artist that has this accident, that prior to that she has polio. But imagine this woman with a great opinion about her country. Put in Mexico through her when it wasn't on fashion. Guillermo told me, that his father told him that at the beginning when she started dressing as a Mexican, people laugh at her. Ah, <gasps> really? Yes. Because it was imagine. just so different. So different. Mm. But so, so interesting. And she, I think she was beautiful. So beautiful. When and, she and was young. And it's been, it's been 50 years since of she course. died, hasn't yes. it? Yes. And, and you're doing the food for yes. the sort of. Yes. Yeah. We're amazing. making a blue house cocktail, beautiful, colorful food for tonight. Uh, that it's the opening 
Amazing. So I'm very honored as a Mexican. I'm very honored as a woman. Yeah. Well, it makes um, so much sense. You're the yes, of course. <laughs> um, what was it about the UK and London in particular that made you want to open your restaurant here? I think it's a very cosmopolitan city that you are open to flavors. I think there is like a play. You conquer con- uh, countries and then the countries come back and conquer through flavors. It's like this kind of love-love relationship. So I think of London, it's very, and I think it's very cultural. They're mm. open to the things that flavors can come through countries. And these countries has an identity, a culture, and its own soul. Yeah. And, and I think exciting things are happening with Mexican food yes. in London, isn't yes, it? Yes, I'm very happy. Of, I yeah. have great colleagues here making great things. I'm yeah. very honored. Because sometimes a bit stressful to open a new restaurant where you're sort of the pioneer and you're yes. the only one doing it. It's good that actually there's of sort of course. a group and of they amazing... Are, they are heroes. Yeah. I adore them. Yeah. We're on to the final desert island dish. And that's the last dish you would choose to eat before being cast off to the desert island. My black money. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm very... I'm very... How can I say it? Uh, I adore that favor. That flavor and that favor to my mouth. It means my awakeness. Yeah. True flavors. My heritage of a family. Mm-hmm. My delicious trying of the night. I love the taste of the black. And my great family cooking as these beautiful tables when they have these conversations and food was the most important ingredient for intelligence. Yes. Um, would you allow yourself a pudding? Of course. Yeah. What would you have? Um, let me, maybe, maybe I, I love the, these, I love the sweet bread of Mexico. Yeah. I love conchas mm. with nata. I will have a concha with nata. Okay. Would you have that over a ch- churros? Yes, of yes. course. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. Concha with nata, little sugar and cinnamon. I will die. In that moment, yeah. I will die happily. I am definitely joining you for that yes. meal. That sounds amazing. You're allowed to take with you a luxury item to the island. I would love to take a beautiful book. Okay, which book would you take? Maybe maybe one book of Sor Juana Inés de la Cruz. Mm. You know, because she was Mexican. She was a woman with a lot of modernity. She was intelligent. She suffered. She died as she lived with passion. And I adore that. You're also allowed to take, well, it's not really taking with you a cookbook, but I want to know what is your all-time favorite cookbook? I, I adore a collection that we have in Mexico. Uh, I think it's a great collection that um, a minister of culture made. Okay. And, and, and it's a collection through the Baroque cuisine of Mexico. Mm. So you have like Puebla, no? Manifiesto de Puebla cookbook. You have all these books from Celaya with the candies, they don't have the amounts. They just tell you how to cook. And I adore it. Mm. Through the night, please take the nuts and put it in a beautiful night. Then you peel them. And I think this lyric way to put food, it's fantastic. Mm. And it, there are so many books that I will take it. Yes. And then they will never get bored. <laughs> well, that sounds like an yes. excellent collection. Thank you so much oh, for letting thank us Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And there we go. I hope you learned as much in this one as I did. 
don't forget to go to the website www.desertislanddishes.co for the full list of episodes plus the recipes I've created inspired by each episode. This week, spoiler alert, it's a delicious ceviche recipe that you simply have to make. It's so easy, so delicious and perfect for dinner parties. Come and say hi on Instagram. You'll find me at Made by Margie. And other than that, thank you so much for listening. Have a lovely week. Bye.